Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle, here for a recap of my Europe trip. I'm not excited about it. And I have a guest with me as well who's not excited about it either. Hello, good morning. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's great to be back. Seems like just yesterday I... uh had you on the show no, for I, you did some not fun questions. Have me on the show. I'm excited I had to do it again. You on the show, and yes, it is a good morning because this is a what the fit first ever in history that I'm recording before in the early morning before the sun comes up. I have a call pretty soon, so we can't have a, too long of an episode. But my whole schedule was rearranged and turned around, and I didn't get to do it at this time that I wanted to do it. And so I'm pretty bitter about it, but... Because of a beautiful memory that we made last night. <laughs> yes, it was because of a beautiful memory, but I don't like my schedule disrupted. I, ha- I, like, I like it to be set and I follow it and that's how I make my way in the world. And so disruption doesn't make me feel good, Charlie. We had a curveball last night, so... So we're here not we are. functioning on all cylinders this morning. No, Bear with we're, drinking, us, please. we're drinking coffee. But this was really important to me that I wanted to do this episode because as I was, well, one, just because it's a very special trip. And two, as I was posting um, all about the trip, so many people reached out and were like, I love following along on your travels. And then after I got back, people were like, oh, my gosh, it was so fun. So that's why I do it, just for everyone to have fun. And I thought that maybe if they liked following along with the pictures and the videos that they would like an audio recap as well. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about the trip. Right, Charlie? That's right. Let's give a little bit of background before. I have been wanting to go back to Europe. The last time I was there was in 2018. And I went to lots of different countries. Uh, Doesn't matter. But I really wanted to go back and see my friend Hannah and Johnny. My friends Hannah and Johnny. Because they had had their two little kids and I hadn't met them and I just felt like it was a really important time in my life to go back because each time before the year, like anytime I go to Europe, it really just feels kind of magical and I was really craving some of that magic. So I wanted to see Hannah and Johnny and their two children and then I was talking to my work friend, Paula. She lives in the UK, has a house in Spain and she was like, well, if you're going to be there, you got to come to Spain and visit us. And so I said, okay, that's what we're going to do. So our trip was U.S. to Copenhagen, to Lasagna, to Alicante, to Barcelona, to the U.S. So we're going to walk you through how it went. So let's start with our very first, our very first travel, our very first country visited, which was not Denmark. It was actually good old Canada. 
So, Charlie, you have to talk. If you're going to be on the podcast, you can't just sit there. I was just thinking about during the, the preparation and how, you know, it was just hard to hard to pack for mm-hmm. to that was b- before we took off when we were you know in pack phase mm-hmm. Denmark pack mode. was a pretty steady 55 degrees yes overcast rainy and then you know you have Spain it was what 75 was and normally sunny. 75 80 degrees it was hard to you know squish those two into one suitcase that was probably the yeah yeah. And and my approach to packing, I'm glad you brought that up. My approach to packing was that I really wanted to not bring hardly anything because I knew I was going to do a lot of shopping. So I was like, just make sure you have like one to two outfits for each place and then some just like staples and whatever and like really just like focus on comfortable shoes. I brought a pair of like really high heels and in my mind I was like, oh, I'd wear these out in Spain. No, never did. Did not wear heels one single time. Um, it's just it's just so hard because we walked everywhere. And in Copenhagen, you literally cannot wear heels because you're biking. I mean, you probably could, but it would be, it would take a lot of talents and I don't have those kind of talents yet. So Right. So we, we got it down to two carry-ons each, which was so really a f- just a suitcase, a rolling suitcase and a book bag. Right. I say book bag. It's not a book bag. We're not carrying books. It's a backpack. But we 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 got down to pretty bare bones, which was and I advantageous used, to us because yeah. we had to spend the entire day in Canada mm-hmm. just rolling around in the duty-free. <laughs> so back to that, um, yeah. I don't even remember what we I know. ate. I was trying to eat as little... As possible you because were? you don't want to be, you know, using the public restrooms the whole the entire day, <laughs> or worse, have to use, you know, the restroom on the eight-hour flight oh. that you have after that looming over you. So we were really just, you know, trying to bide our time. Book it was reading. rough. It was eleven hours. We spent eleven hours in Toronto, and of course, that was not intentional on my part. When I originally booked the flight, it was about a two and a half hour layover in Toronto. And then, you know, as airlines are right now, it went, it went to shit. So we found a really comfy area. It's, it's hard to imagine, you know, going out of CVG, there's no comfortable place to sit in any of those terminals in in Cincinnati airport, but anywhere else in the world, (laughs) they have comfortable, you know, seating areas if you're stuck for a day or a night or something. So we did find some respite in that, but. Yeah, no, it was really tough. It's really hard. And the other thing about it, too, I didn't think about was because we flew in and we're flying out of the international terminal, they keep you crowded in there like cattle. Like, if you're in the international terminal, you have to, like, show your... You don't get to leave it. Right. You don't get to go out to the... Yeah, and to, like, the regular airport. Um, So... We were lost in translation. it, It really did feel like that a little bit. It felt like a little bit like lost in space because then after so long where you're just spending in one place and you're not moving around that much, it felt like I was like, Going a little bit, a little bit crazy, a little stir crazy, and we—I couldn't watch any of my shows. Canada doesn't allow Hulu, Peacock, uh, Netflix. Like you couldn't get any streaming services in Canada. It's—I don't know what the Canadians do. If you are in Canada, please tell me how do you watch TV? Like what are you doing? Hence the book reading. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up again, Charlie. Good job. Um, whenever I go on. And this, you know, two-week vacation, it's a long one. 
whenever I get to go on long trips, I always go back to reading. And that really, this trip really reignited my love for reading. And now I'm like, ever since we've gotten back, I've like had a book. I've, I finished two books on the trip and now I'm like reading another book. And we'll get into a little bit more of that story later. So anyways, we survived the 11 hour layover. I don't think we only got into like one or two fights, right? Sure. (laughs) We survived. We made it. Um, The flight from Toronto to Copenhagen, yeah, was about eight hours, I think. Seven to eight hours. And international flights, or I should say like overseas flights for me are a breeze. Honestly, like I like them. It's great. I feel like I can just like go into a little cocoon. You know, they give you the the wine, the beer, whatever you want. I take half a Xanax and like I'm good until I, I for that flight, I fell asleep. I could barely make it through. I wanted to like stay up for the meal service because I wanted to get something to eat. And I barely made it to the meal service. And then I was out until 30 minutes before we landed. How was your experience? We did, also did not, we're not sitting next to each other. Right. Yeah, the, the flight over was pretty easy I thought it was coming back we had a longer flight this was eight hours is not the end of the world to me how comfortable were you it it wasn't bad yeah Um, it was definitely better than I think that experience is better than you know going frontier oh my god you know trying to get to the west coast oh my god you're right a you know smaller aircraft that's for a short amount of time but you're definitely yeah cramped yeah and for those who um may not be aware charlie is a very tall human being uh so fitting on aircraft normally is really difficult for him but frontier is impossible yeah we can't you can't do frontier but this was fine and um yeah, it was. I, I was really, really excited when we got off the plane, and yeah. you can, you know, basically see the. Uh, I can't remember which castle it is, but all of the, you know, architecture in the city is like oh, could sticking you see? up. And, I could. I didn't you know. even. I didn't even notice. But yeah, so we landed in Copenhagen, and we're very, very excited. Um, and so I, I mean, I had got. I really liked the flight where you leave late at night and you fly overnight. And so when we got to Copenhagen, it was like eleven a.m their time. And so you have the experience of like, it's nighttime. I went to sleep. I woke up and it's daylight. And you can kind of like your body in my mind, it's like a little bit easier to acclimate. So our first big adventure was just getting to our Airbnb. We had an Airbnb apartment in Copenhagen in a, in a neighborhood called Norbro. Um, it, the translation is like the North neighborhood. Uh, it's really, really cute. It's a little bit more, um, I think like family oriented everywhere in Copenhagen is pretty family oriented. There's children, blonde hair, blue eyed children, just everywhere. It almost is like a little, a little tiny bit creepy just because it's so unfamiliar to us. And especially to me living in the city and in, in like downtown Cincinnati, there's not a lot of children around. And then you go to this city and it's like overflowing with children and they all look the same. They all have blonde hair and blue eyes, like a little cherubs and they're very cute. Yeah. Denmark was like, uh, like a fairy tale, but not yes. in the sense of like a castle or you have, you know, those everywhere more in the Hans Christian Andersen yes. sense. It's just the most wholesome. Uh, everyone is very healthy. Everyone goes yeah. to bed at 
eight or nine o'clock at night. When the sun goes down, you put the candles on and you get cozy and that's that. Yeah. It's just a, a very content feeling being over there. It is. It's a very peaceful feeling. It feels like you don't, like there's not, mm, I don't know how to say this. Like you don't have a lot to do, but like we did, we obviously did have a lot to do, like a lot of sightseeing, but it wasn't that the the feeling or like the vibe of the city was absolutely energetic because everyone is moving, like everyone's biking, everyone's walking, no matter the weather, like that's where the weather saying came from, I think, or somewhere in the Nordic countries, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes, because they don't give a fuck what it is doing outside, like they go outside. And, but it's just like a calming energy. The trains, like when you ride public transportation, First of all, so clean, like pristine train stations. Like think about you go to like a subway station in Miami or New York in Chicago. It's literally terrifying. You have no idea what kind of creature you're going to run into down there. On the trains in Copenhagen, it's like you could you could eat off the floor. You could sit on the train floor and eat and it would not be a problem. And everyone is just like quiet, yeah. respectful, quiet. There's no, ho- I, I did not see any homeless people. You said that you saw someone, but I it, did not. It, it's the Hans Christian Andersen effect. Hans Christian Andersen is Denmark's an expert major export. He wrote everything <laughs> from Little Tin Soldier to Thumbelina. He is just the most. We saw his grave. Yes, we saw his grave. Took a picture for it, Charlie's it, mom. It just, he's the most wholesome. But it, but not though, right? Because there's always like a sm- there's always like a little bit of a dark twist behind his stuff, right? Right, like, right, right. So like, there doesn't is... the kids get eaten? Like right. the the breadcrumbs, the kids, the witch eats the kids. So there is a dark side to the Danish way of life. <laughs> but I don't know if they're shortcoming, really. <laughs> if you will. But yeah, it's it's very much that kind of encompasses the vibe up there. For yeah, sure. yeah, at, at, you know. People will ask, and we do have we do have questions from um, Instagram that we're going to get to. But uh, you know, people will be like, "Oh, what was your favorite?" Or like, "Did you like Denmark better than Spain?" And it's really hard to answer that because there's something about Copenhagen for me as a city. Like, I love the way of life so much there. Like, I love, I just love the culture. But are, are we on to Miami now? No, no, no. no. Miami. No, we're not. We didn't go to Miami. We're not going to Miami yet. Um, No, but I'm just saying, like, that's what stands out to me about Copenhagen. Like, the city itself, it's, I mean, it's really cool, right? It's, like, old and historic, and there's a lot of history, and we saw, like, the castles, and we'll, we'll talk about, like, the sites that we saw. But it's not like you go there... And you're like, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful place I've ever seen in terms of, like, topography and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's canals and that's cool, but it's not like, wow, this is gorgeous. Like, when we get to talk about Spain, like, Spain is like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. But I just love their way of life. It, it was more their way of life than anything yeah. that is so... Attractive. It, it seems like what Canada could be or something like well, that. Well, it was, like, very, God, very picturesque. Be. And they seem very, they seem very mentally healthy. Right. Yeah. Everyone is content. Everyone, no one is wanting for anything. It was very, again, wholesome. And yeah. you just felt very secure and peaceful. Peaceful, there. peaceful. Everything from like the way that they design their spaces, like everything just feels like, I and mean, they are like the design capital of the world, but just intentionally 
there to like support you like being in harmony and like being cozy and like the huga which people you'll see it it's spelled h y g g e but it's pronounced huga that like feeling of just like being cozy and like like snuggling in like that is they like live by that tell them about the sauna thing yeah so okay so let's talk about some of the sites that we saw in Copenhagen before we move and then we'll get to the sauna thing so we were there for five days so it was a really nice time um like I said we had the Airbnb so we got to go to like the grocery store we had bikes to get around we were right by the train station so we used all modes of transportation we we never took a cab did we we no. never took a cab in Copenhagen. No, they don't have the, – that's not really how they operate over there. They do have – I'm sure they have some kind of like car service. Trans- yeah. transportation, but it's – everybody's biking. Mm-hmm. Everyone's using public transit. Everyone's biking. So, Hannah and Johnny, thank you so much for letting us borrow the bikes. Really quick, funny story. This will tell you about the culture. So, there are bikes everywhere, like everywhere, tied up, locked up everywhere, Everyone like just so many bikes so they do this thing where I think like once a year they go around and they put tags, like little red tags on all the bikes and it's an effort to do like a bike cleanup. And so, you know, if you are riding your bike and you've got your bike out, you remove the tag and they say, okay, yes, this bike is in service. We're not going to touch it. Any bike at the end of the, I don't whatever it is, like week period that they give you, any bike that still has the tag on it. They remove it like from the communal area where everyone's locking up their bikes or whatever. And then they just put them out. And if you need a new bike, you just go and you take one of the bikes that no one's claimed. And like it, there's a ton. They have a very big culture of like reuse, like re um, recycled, I guess. Yeah, with secondhand. They, like they, they round yeah. up all these bikes and have an annual free for all. Yeah. And just uh, they, you know none of them get scrapped. They all get repurposed right. to reuse. Everyone is a bike mechanic there. Yeah. It's uh, it's really cool. Again, so, very picturesque. Yeah, really nice. Um, and, okay, so wait, how did you feel about biking everywhere? Great. It was amazing. I don't... Biking is not my favorite exercise, but... Why? It, is it because you're too big? Yeah, it's it's just not ideal for my body type, but I love the idea of riding your bicycle everywhere was, it was great. Yeah. And not having to, you know, we locked our bikes up every time, but you, you have no worry about it getting stolen or you living in a place where it'll be taken or something like that just was not yeah. a worry. So the, again, it's not like you're riding your bike around New York city. It's, it, it was, you know, there are bike lines everywhere. It's yeah. the city is kind of designed for that kind of transportation. It was really, really very, it's uh, like it my it's like my preferred way, but it's not. So people be like, "Oh, are you going to get a bike in Cincinnati?" And it's like, no, it's not the same because Cincinnati is not set up for bikers. Right, so the, you'll get the hit. effect you'll get would hit. not, and it's they, hilly and right. like it's just not. You know, there are there are streets and roads or whatever that are meant solely for bikes, so it's just it's fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about some of our sites. One of the first big ones was the Rosenberg Castle. What's that? The Rosenberg Castle was the original. Uh, that's where the monarchs hung out until I can't remember where they transferred over they to. They don't have monarchs anymore. Their though, democratic right? system of government, obviously oh. now. But the, the they turned the castle into a museum. Yeah. And they still have uh, 
kings and queens in title, but in title only. So it was cool to see. I want to say that was 11th or 12th century. I have no idea. I don't um, remember. But they had like, you know, the whole moat around the castle and yeah. the compound. They have different buildings. And um, it was a very kind of like how I picture, you know, young Charlie picturing a castle in his mind. It was very much that, you know, they had the spires and the, didn't you, really you feel like it. they had you know, they had a drawbridge? And no, it was. They had a gun keep. And yeah. It was a very traditional castle. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it was a, a part of the trip that I really appreciated having you as a travel companion because it wouldn't be something that I, like, I would not go to a place and be like, oh, here's the castle, let's go see it. You wanted to see every castle and every place that we were. And I really loved it. Like, I had a really great time. The museum was so cool. It was like they had the rooms like decorated and set up like like they had them and it was beautiful. And there's gardens around the castle and like a park. So it was great. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think that I was going to and it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And it's set up really well too. The castle is across the street from their parliamentary building and those two the uh, one of the canals is adjacent to those two buildings. Mm-hmm. So like again the the layout is is very it's uh pretty gorgeous to look at yeah it was very beautiful we saw speaking of beautiful we saw the botanical gardens that's really nice huge park um the marble church which is just like a really big church right yeah that was another thing that was set up in that kind of downtown system that was the marble church was on the other side of the canal across the canal from the rosenberg castle so again seeing all those buildings together was Charlie uh, needed about 24 hours to get his lay of the city so we, that he could navigate it perfectly for We us. saw the, the round tower, the which round was a tower, south of there. Really cool. So instead of having stairs that go all the way up to the top, it offers a 360-view city of the, at the very top, and it's like in the city center or near the city center. Um, instead of having stairs, it's just a ramp. It's just one big ramp going all the way up because the king at the time wanted to bring his horses up there. Fun fact, disappointingly, we did not get to like, eat at Refin. Refin was like the bane of our existence. We tried multiple times to get there. It's out on a, on like a peninsula in the water, like in the Baltic Sea. And there's tons of like shipping containers set up as like food places. And there's like food and drink. And it's like really gorgeous and usually really lively. and just like a marketplace. And they had closed for the season by the time we got there, but they didn't update any of their websites or information. And so it's like quite a hike to get out there, quite a bike ride. We tried two different times. Each time we didn't, it was op- it was not open, it was closed. And so that led to a lot of um, tension. They're closed for the season. They're closed for the season, yeah. yeah. But they didn't say that. So we thought like... It, it was in the, the most gorgeous spot at the end of the peninsula, like you were saying, in the yeah. middle of, the, of the, their main bay of the Baltic Sea. And there's just, it looks like a little shanty town of yeah. you shipping know, containers, taco huts. And yeah, yeah. it's really cool, but we didn't see it in full operation. Right. Um, the Copenhagen city center, like where all the shopping is really fun. The shopping was fantastic. They have the longest pedestrian roadway in Europe, walkway in Europe, I believe is what Hannah said. Yes. Yeah. Um, we did, we did a lot of shopping in Copenhagen, which is my favorite place to shop. I wanted to like get all my stuff for like the year. I feel pretty good about my purchases. You got a really great purchase. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff and 
we had we spent a lot we had of time one shopping. day of like all shopping which <laughs> yeah. was kind of crazy for me i was like okay like let's go see this and this and this and fill up our day with Activities. sightseeing so have setting a day aside to just relax was not relaxed because we were walking no around, we were walking so much that was a nice yeah we both like to shop yeah. we both like to go in and look at all the all the pretty things um, okay, so let's talk about the butcher's heat. This was probably my favorite experience in Copenhagen, the sauna. Yeah, the idea behind it is, you know, you, you're heating your body up very rapidly, but the added component that I'd never done before is they hop into the uh, <clears throat> bay, hop into the Baltic Sea after, and repeat this process we did it three times mm-hmm. over like 15 minute periods of, mm-hmm. of warming our bodies in the sauna. So you get, I mean, it was hotter than hell in the, the sauna because the guy is, you know, he's dumping his essential oils on and kind of fanning the heat around mm-hmm. and like whipping the air up mm-hmm. uh, with fans and with towels even. And um, it was I think he said like 120 degrees you were you could heat up to and then you jump into the 11 degree water and cycle that. The 11 degrees is Celsius though. So in Fahrenheit it would have been negative, right? Was 11 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit? No, it was Fahrenheit. It was oh, okay. The, yeah. Okay. The, that Not was that it mattered. It's, told me that. But yeah. anyway, the um yeah, so that was just the the reason for the extremes is your the Carotid arteries have plaque in them that you can break up and, you know, process through your body mm-hmm. if you rapidly heat it and cool it immediately after. So yeah. that shock to your body also produces this kind of like, uh, it was like a mental high yeah, for me, you feel for high. sure. You feel absolutely high um, after it. So that was another Endorphins. crazy component to it. The, the first time we jumped in, I couldn't even get into the water until it was only because we were with a group of people and they were all collectively doing it. We were with a group of Danish people. No one spoke, well, they spoke English, but no one was only spoke English on our request. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which was great. That was another thing about being in Denmark is everybody just, yeah, that's very politely moved to English. Everyone. It's the, has the highest rate of English speakers in, (laughs) in your, like outside of an English speaking country with like outside of countries where English is their primary language. Denmark then is like, Okay, everyone speaks English and and impeccable English. <laughs> so that was that was really, but you really did feel. I mean, my sinuses were immediately cleared on the first time, but I've really felt kind of like process as well as you know like joint pain, your swelling that you would have mm-hmm. on the flight oh, or something God, like that. Like swelling. it just man, it was it it really did relieve all of the issues. For yeah. Me. And the, the thing that's unique about it, so sauna is a huge part of their culture. I've talked about this before. They just have, like, you know, like how we would go to a workout class, and, of course, there's varying degrees of, like, luxury in those workout classes. You go to, like, a, a soul cycle, right? You're getting top-notch experience. It costs a lot of money. Or you can go to, you know, I, I don't know, a, the opposite of soul cycle, but just a place that's not as luxurious. So the experience that we went to is kind of like the soul cycle of saunas. And it, what set it apart is that there's a man that Charlie was talking about. They call him the sauna goose. He's like the sauna maestro. He's like leading us through this experience. So everyone's sitting in the sauna, kind of packed in. It's pretty tight. 
and he is standing at the, the front and he's playing music and he's using different essential oils and he's throwing them on the hot rocks and he's like whipping the air, you know, with fans, with towels. He's making it so hot, like the hottest, hottest I've ever experienced. And he's, they start the experience with like, okay, just like in a workout, you know, you have to push yourself. You have to get outside of your comfort zone. Like you are going to want to get up and get out of the sauna, but like stay with it. Take one more breath, take two more breaths, like stay in as long as you can. You know, we're really going to like push the limits here. Yeah. He really coached. Yeah. It's like a coach. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they even had a bonus round that we didn't participate in because it was again, very physically and mentally Mm -hmm. taxing, but Mm -hmm. um, he did a good job of gauging your limits and kind of, again, like you were saying, seeing how long you could stay in before you're like, okay, I got to go. I got to go. And then you get out and it feels so good to get out and you jump in that water, that freezing fucking cold water. And I knew, you know, I'd done this before, but you I think just your body just forgets. But I knew like I just had to jump right in. Like there are women there that like get into the water from the little ladder and they're like fucking doing backstroke and they always do this. Oh my God. I, when I jumped in, like it felt like everything in my body just contracted. And so when Charlie was talking about that, like breaking up of the plaque, when you're in the hot environment, everything expands and like opens up like your blood vessel, you know, everything is expanding and then you go directly to the cold and it contracts. And so that expanding and contraction, contracting is what can like break up just stuck shit in your body, whatever it is, stuck energy, stuck whatever. And then that's, where I think that like amazing, amazing feeling comes from after. Like you really do. It's part of it too of like, I just did this really hard thing. Like I sat in extreme heat. I sat in extreme cold. So mentally you're just like proud of yourself. And then physically, you know, you get all the benefits. And then you, there's no changing areas. There's no bathrooms. You're just like out there in the wilderness getting ready. They Danish people also have like not a big care about like nudity or being conservative. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, that's, I, that was my favorite experience by far. Well, I should say, I don't know. It was a really close tie between the sauna and getting to meet, um, Uma and and Hugo. So I think we have to really quickly talk about meeting Uma and Hugo. Hugo and Uma are Hannah and Johnny's children. They are just like the most, I like precious little babes ever in the whole entire world. I love them so much. Hugo's two. He'll be three in March or January. He'll be three in January. And Uma just turned one while we were there. Yeah. And Hugo is an avid biker. He is an avid biker, two years old. A forester. He's getting ready for forest school. Yeah, he's going to forest school. Um, He just bikes all around. He feeds goats. Forest school is a... uh, Danish uh, rite of passage. It's in their educational curriculum, and I'm not sure the period, like the length of time that they do it. But I don't know. He's to about to Anna. go into forest school where their teachers take them out to the forest. They take and a bus do, out to the forest. You know, whatever a wee below or yeah. Boy Scout in my mind would be doing. They just nap outside. They just pitch. They just spend their time outdoors. Um, I think that's the other thing of like the way that the Danish way of living and raising their children and how they respond to their children is absolutely incredible. Um, There's like, there's just this like sense of like letting, like letting 
I guess just trusting your children, like trusting your children that they know their bodies. And like, of course, like it's all about keeping your, your kids safe. But, you know, he's I can imagine like an American mother there may may have some kind of like outcries of like, oh, my gosh, you're letting him like run off on the bike or like, you know, not they let their babies <laughs> sleep in strollers outside while they are inside. So like we went to brunch. Uma was it was nap time. Hannah left Uma in her stroller outside in front of the restaurant front of the restaurant while we were sitting inside. You know, she has a little monitor for sound and that's completely normal. They and like the idea they, behind it is that the cold air just the, is yeah, the fresh air their, is good for their development. Yeah. So they nap they're developing. They'll be home. Like it, Hannah it, it will is. be home and sh- and Uma will be outside napping in the stroller. It sounds crazy, but then when you start to like think about, it, you're like, well, yeah, it does sound really nice to be in like a nice cozy and cozy, and like they've got these great little onesies they put the kids in that are just like warm, and they can just roll around in the grass and the ground, and you know, t- you know, snuggly little blankets, and make sure they're good, and you take a nap outside. It sounds really great, actually. But it was a pleasure to meet them both, and we had oh, dinner the pleasure. second to last night, and Hugo. Played a few songs on the harmonica for us. Oh yeah, had great performances. We all had juice. Yeah, lots of cheers. And yeah, he made us a picture. He showed us all around. Charlie picked him an apple and he ate it. He had some big feelings that we sat and felt with him. It was it was great. Hannah, you have such wonderful children. You and Johnny are doing such an amazing job. And there was just something so special about meeting your, you know, college best friend children's children <laughs> college best friends children it's difficult um so yeah really special. special so okay so that's copenhagen we have a very short amount of time we have like five minutes to talk about spain so i don't think we're going to get through it so we're going to have to do a two-part series you're going to have to come back on for part two where we talk about spain does that sound good i'm going to give you one quick question from the people of instagram Okay, we're going to do one quick one for Copenhagen. What was your favorite meal in Copenhagen? Okay, so I love all foods <laughs> and all meals. <laughs> but uh, far and away, the best dish was when we were coming back from our second trip to Refn on the canal, and we stopped at this cafe and had, uh, I think, I can't remember Harry? what you had, but I had the... Pickled herring. Pickled herring. And, you know, there's just, they probably reached over in the canal and, like, pulled it out an mm-hmm. hour ago. It was just the best fish I've ever had. Yeah, Charlie loves fish, so this was very special to him. Yeah, I mean. That's what did you eat it with? Bread? How'd they serve it? Yeah, it was uh, some type of, like, lox, like, a, like on toast and all that. Mm. So it was, um, yeah, not even dressed up, just. Yeah, you love regular that old fish. herring. You really loved that. You couldn't stop talking about it. Uh, I had a salad with goat cheese. I think my favorite. Mm, I don't know that like veggie burger that we had that one night was really good. When we like went went to that bar near Hannah's, Hannah made us this amazing soup with like a Japanese pumpkin. I can't remember the name of it. That, that might was have really been good. my favorite. Actually, that was also really really. It was good. really good, and like they just had this like great like crusty delicious bread like loaves of people like walking around with baguettes and like loaves of bread sticking out of their bags like actually that is a real thing 
That was great. And just like the cheese and bread and wine. Oh, we didn't talk about the boat ride. We went through a, we went on a canal boat ride while it was downpouring and Charlie had to hold us up under a canal bridge to keep us from getting soaked, but we ended up getting absolutely drenched, but it was a fun adventure. We got stuck under a bridge with four crewmen, uh, four 60 year old rowers. That yeah, was pretty nice. That was fun. That was like I was really looking forward to that. It's just a little motorized bike, and Hannah is an excellent captain. And it's like an hour ride through the canals, and you get to like see the city from a different point of view. Um, and it was just really, really rainy for us, but it's okay. We did it. We were troopers. We got it rained on a lot. We were constantly wet. There was just always a level of dampness about it. I got a really great new pink rain jacket though out of it, so I'm happy. Okay, Charlie, thank you very much for doing this. We're going to come back for next week, part two, where we talk all about Spain. So yes. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks stay for being tuned. on the show today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.